Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Unpack Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. While I'm here at Bearwood for part two of the interview with Mark Bone, and it's now time for the fan questions. Now, are you ready for these, Mark? I'm just going to hit them out. (laughs) (laughs) Right then, the first one from Jordan Cole. How with EFL restrictions in place are we able to afford Baba Raman, especially as we had to wait for Puskas to leave in order to bring Sar in? Okay, so with the EFL's restrictions, there's, there's, there's certain key things that are in place. So first of all, let's say we had to we had to trim our overall expenditure from a certain level, X, okay, X amount of millions down to this amount of millions. And that's what the squad had to be. The whole wage structure, every player... Um, their wage combined had to go from that level down to that level and while we were trying to get to that level the situation happened uh, that we we understood it um, myself Brian Stabler the finance director of the club we understood it as being well okay um, as long as it gets to the end of the transfer window and you're below that level then you're fine but when we're building the squad and we get to that back end of that it was a situation with, with Nabi Saar that we'd agreed everything with him uh, and he was in the process, let's say, of signing, of, of getting the deal done and then in amongst that period we get notified from, from the league that, well, his signing will put you above that level at that time. And we, you know, our reply basically was, well, yeah, we know we're going to be about that level, but by the time we get to the end of the window, players move on, whether it be a George Puskas or whoever, will then be below the level. But at that time, the George Puskas deal hadn't happened, so um, they came back to us very late and said, well, they were in the rights to do that, and just said, no, we, we can't accept it until you, you know, that's cleared. So now we've got a problem, you know. With good faith, we'd spoke to Nabi Saar, we'd agreed for him to come. But in fairness to, to Nabi, then he, you know, I'm whizzing through the story, if you like, he had to be patient while we tried to facilitate a situation where George Puskas moved on. 
at, for the next season. And in fairness, George wanted to. You know, he, he saw his future away from the club. He wanted to go back to Italy if he could. But you know, Navi had to wait and see. And and so that was on that situation. And and then what you have is amongst the other criteria we had is we had to get the players that we. I had to get the players that uh, we brought in all on a certain wage level, um, an average wage level. So there was only a certain amount we could go to. So when I hinted or when I said at the start at, at the interview, Paul, that you know a lot of favours, let's say you know, people I'd known in the game for a long time, and you know ringing up sport directors, ringing up clubs, and saying, "Listen, please, you know, can we take him? We can't pay anywhere near his wages, but if you can help on that side of things, then." What we can do, we can give them a platform to play. We can, you know, give them we think good coaching, and and I, I think I'm trying to be a little bit guarded what I say, but you know, not to give any any anything personal away. But with with Baba, you know, he'd been at the club, he knew the club. Baba's got the World Cup coming up with with Ghana, so there's a lot of things. Let's say from Chelsea's point of view, where they were thinking, well, okay, is he going to be playing regularly for us? Possibly not. We need him to be playing regular football, so he then goes to the World Cup, and what that what can happen on the back of that. So the conversation goes back and forth, and ultimately, yes, as a club, we are dependent on Chelsea, the club, looking at the whole package, the situation, saying, "Well, well, okay, we spoke to the player. He wants to come to you. We think it might be a good situation." So that's what we have. Barber is one of those, you know, one of those players that. You mentioned early on, but the, maybe in January things happen. If things happen in a different way, then Baba has the opportunity to go somewhere else. We know that, but you know it's again. I'll go back to what I said before. It's something that we have to deal with there and then. Bring him into the squad. We might have a kickback in January or at the end of the season from there. Yeah. No. Next question then, Matt Williamson. Is it still the case that Kia Jarchamps had no involvement in transfers this summer? Oh, Kia didn't, Kia didn't have anything involved in transfers. I've said it before, and, and, and to make it absolutely clear, I've known Kia for 15 years. I think he took Mark Hughes and I to Manchester City, to Fulham. Um, he's, I consider him a friend of mine. He's certainly a, a, a friend and, and a confidant, let's say, of the owner. Um, but he has nothing, you know, I'll speak to Kia perhaps, I don't know. Once every couple of weeks, football situations back and forth. But in terms of the actual personnel we brought into this club, Kira had no involvement. Okay, let's clear that one up. Lewis Ansel, do you feel that the restrictions applied by the EFL are fair? Are they fair? When you're working through them day to day, Paul, you're asking me now to wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. You, you, there's been numerous times when you think they're not fair because yeah. you know it, it's. It's tough, and you know everything we we do. We have to go through them to get the uh, agreement on things. So it's easy for me to say it's not fair, but then when you actually look at it from their side, and I must say from the other sides in the league, mm. you know, over the last few years, I've looked at the situation and you know what a red in spending or whatever. Then, yeah, you you have to you know listen. We haven't done things right. Everybody at the club sort of acknowledges that, and so you, you can't, you can't. We can moan, but you can't moan too loudly because the people who you are, you, who are listening to you moaning, will regular, will turn around and say, "Well, what you, you know, what, what you got to moan about? You, you've broken the rules. You've done things wrong. You've got to take your medicine, and, and that's what we've had to do." And I must say, in fairness, you know, on a daily basis, we, 
you know, I'll speak with Sue when players are coming in or we thought they're coming in and this happened and that and bless her we've got I think we've got the best secretary in the league in Sue Hewitt and the hours and you know that she puts in and she knows her job very very well uh, and it's been stressful but in, in fairness that the league have been they've been they've been fine with us they've been straight if it's in there's a couple of times more than a couple of times we've had to go on zoom calls with them to get clarification on certain things uh, and they have got no complaints with the league in that respect they've been I think they've been honorable to us right through the process I'd like to think I'd like to think that they've looked and thought well okay red in a trying to do things right now maybe a bit with a bit more um, uh, diligence than we've done in the past and so it, it's it's an understanding and it's a relationship we've got with them that is improving it's got better than it was and uh, you know we've still got to, we've still got to basically you know abide by them in the January window as well but um, I'd like to think that they look at us and think well we, we, we're getting a house in order yeah totally in relation to this I think I know the answer to this one but it'd be good to hear from you are we at risk of another point deduction this season or not well yeah and most certainly if, if you know we've got the I don't know about a point, a point well actually to, to clarify that because yes we are if we break the rules but like I've just said I don't think we are, we're given much opportunity to break the rules now because the, the football league are on top of everything but we've still got to be as I say very careful in, in what we do in their expenditure at the club to show I think they to put it in a chair they just the league want to see that listen Reading are Reading are being responsible with their money you know they, 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 they're not just going willy nilly on doing whatever they want to do they're actually trying to get it structured and, and, and do the right things but we've still got those those guidelines let's say or more than guidelines those rules above us that certainly will, will apply in January as well and my understanding is if everything goes fine then that, that, that in the summer window they'll be relaxed and we'll be able to do what I would loosely say more being able to trade proper you know instead of just going cap in hand to people and asking for favours left right and centre I'll ask a question as well. How do you feel about next summer? Because next summer you're going to be a completely open door. Let's just assume we're in the championship. Yeah. And well, let me say this, Paul. Let yeah. me say this. We, um, again, speaking to Paul and to, 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 to Brian Carey as well, as I mentioned earlier on, <clears throat> you, you, you sort of think, well, you know, let's get through this year and then next summer we might be able to do this and do that. But We'll probably, in terms of the numbers of the squad, as I described earlier on, we'll probably have a load of players leaving, so we'll still have to replace a load of players. And then possibly our job gets harder, because at least this summer, I myself have known, well, this is all we can do. So I'm speaking to players, players' agents, players' clubs. It's almost like, well, you know, we're we, we a blank sheet of paper. We're, we're, sorry, we're, we're really transparent. This, we can't do any more than what I'm offering you now, because these are the rules. Well, that changes next summer. If there's no rules, all of a sudden I'll have agents asking for a lot more money, players asking for a lot more money, clubs demanding more, I suppose. So there's all those problems as well. So it'll probably be a more difficult job than it was this summer. Um, I think it'd probably be certainly more stressful because what did take the stress away was, well, you know, the stress was thinking, well, we can't afford a certain player, but, you know, that, that was it. Next summer it'll be, well, we, maybe we can't afford it, but we're not going to pay this or not going to pay that. So, mm. And it's, it's the, the, the bartering that goes back and forth, especially with agents. Yeah, agents. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant people. Um, <laughs> Alex Shepherd asks about uh, new contracts for new players we've got at the moment, like Mate and Jao. Is it possible that we can do any groundwork 
or is that not a viable option? That's a good question. It's a good question because there's no, you know, again, there's no point running away from it. We've got, we've got, we've got players here who are on the top end of, of the wage scale. Um, the easiest answer to that would be, oh well, you know, these players have, you know, they've got to move on, and we can't be doing that anymore. But that's taken away the, let's say, the personal feelings of players in terms of, you know, the players. They like playing here. If they like playing here, if they like the environment, if isn't if their family settled, if their kids are in school, who knows? Then, then they come to you know the, the renegotiation stage. Then, uh, if they fit what the manager wants at the club, and I must say what the fans want, you know you've got to take that into consideration as well. Then you'll do your best to try and renegotiate a deal to keep them at the club. You know, notwithstanding, you know they'll have opportunities to go elsewhere if they're free agents, especially. But uh, I, I wouldn't rule out anything. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly see how the season goes. But it has to be, uh, let's, let's say, I mean this in terms of whether the, the, the manager of the club, Paul, is he, is the player already? I guess you come in trying to put the thing in my mind, thinking out loud the time scale on it. You know, you because yeah, you're preparing for every game. But I guess it'll come to February, March, April next year where the manager will be. Thinking about the, pre- the next season and his squad and where's he go with things, and it'll, it'll generally be sitting down and say, well, you know, so and so, so and so, this player, that player. What do you think? Are you happy? Do you want to keep him? Are you happy to keep him, or are you thinking, well, no, we can get better, or he doesn't fit into your style of play? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's the game that every single club in the league has to deal with hmm. every yes. single yeah. year. And yeah. you do, in fairness, that, that I think what the fans maybe, maybe don't realise is that that work will, if it isn't going on now, it'll certainly, once you pass Christmas and even into the January window, we'll be, we'll be touching base with players even then, that, you know, you know, speaking to them, their agents, and you, know, you do make, it happens in football, perhaps not supposed to, but, you know, there's one way or another, you get messages through the players, would you, would you like to come here, are you happy where you are? Have we got a chance of bringing you there? All those things, and you, then you start compiling, you know, database lists of players in positions where you where, what you're looking for, what you want to do, and how you want to play. Yeah, totally. Ed Ryling asks: Once the embargo's over, will we be spending similar amounts of money from Mr. Dye per transfer window as we did in 2018-20, but spend better, perhaps split over more players? Yeah, and again, I, I, I see where the question's coming from. Uh, I think the best way to answer it is that you 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 go and get the players that that you want. Now there might be, as I say, there might be the odd player that comes and you have a chance, maybe a chance of getting him, and he's above where you want to go in terms of paying. But if everybody, myself, Mr. Day, Brian Carey, Paul Ince, if we're of the, of the opinion, well, this could be a a key key player for us, then. I'd, I'd like to think and hope that yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd try and pursue it the best way we can. We certainly wouldn't go into the, if it happens that we're out of the embargo, we certainly wouldn't go into the next summer window thinking, well, OK, the shackles are off, bring it on, Mr Dye's a billionaire, let's go and do what we want. 
I, I can't be right. That can't be right. I think you've only got to look this year. You know, you look at some of the players we brought in, let's say on the shoestring this year. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, the likes of Tyrese Fauna coming in, Mamadou Loom coming in, and that's, you know, Sam Hutchinson coming in. Oh, turn out to the best. There's Lord of them I could mention, obviously. Obviously, it was just ones that come to mind to think, well, you know, if you do your work right and, 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 and you're diligent in the way you prepare and you do your homework, then why can't you? Build a squad, you know, for the right, the right cost in the right amount of money. Yes, maybe embellished with a, with the odd one or two key players that you probably didn't want to pay that much for. I don't think that will ever go away because any manager will come banging on your door saying, "Wow, I've just had a phone call from this agent, that agent. You, we can possibly get this player," and you want then to, to agree with your manager, say, "Okay, we'll we'll try and do it." So, so to going back to the question, I wouldn't say no, we wouldn't never do it, but we'll certainly have more considered approach to what we're doing. Yeah, totally. Great. Um, let's move on to the academy now. This is mm -hmm. a topic which obviously we've lost category one status. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's something that's very special to a lot yes. of fans and to the club as well. What are the plans there to get that status back as category one? The plan, the plan obviously, is to get it to get it back as soon as possible. There's, there's no doubt about it. I think it's something that the club uh, can be and should be and are very proud of. You know, I mean, I think only one or two, maybe Sunderland or something, is a category one. So, but but I will say on the back of that, it is. If you look at a club of, of this size, if you look at um, let's just say where we've been in terms of league position over the last few years, and it, it does. I, I I've had people talk to me in, in you know in, in the game and, and literally astounded that you think, well, wow, Reading is still still pushing for category one. I said, well, yeah, it's important. It's really important when you go back to. Blessing to Eamon Dolan and the, what he start, started off or tried to create here, and it, it's it's a legacy that 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 we've inherited or I've inherited the clubs over the years has developed and, and we, we're rightly proud of it. But I will say again, laying my hand you know heart on my sleeve, it it's it's a it's a bloody hard process to keep keep trying to trying to keep up with the big boys. You know, there's no doubt about it. It's it's is it cost effective? You know, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be genuinely a fan. I, I can sense any fan out there look, listening and thinking, "Well, I shouldn't mean about cost-effective." But you know, it, it's a big our academy. All academies, category ones are. It's like a big juggernaut that's rolling along, and you're continually paying out and paying out and paying out what you have to do. And so, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form we should look twice at what we're doing and, and consider what we're doing in the future. But I just putting it out there for people to realise it's. It's it's not a, a um, it's not just a simple thing that you say yeah yeah we we should be getting category one it, it needs a lot of work day to day and Michael Jilks and his his team down there I mean honestly the passion they show for, for, for what they're doing and, and what they what they're trying to achieve to keep up with the like all the big boys every time is is admirable and uh, but we will we'll, we'll try desperately because we owe it to the parents the players who are there in the academy now. To, to get that back as quickly as possible. And again, without going into probably too much detail on it, Paul, it was, you know, the fact that we lost it. You know, I came into this job and it, it, we had an audit going on. And then when we lose it, the natural thing to do is, from, from me, from my point of view, as if you like, let's say in brackets, the leader of the club is to sort of say, well, how did that happen and why did it happen and start pointing fingers. And you almost, you have a human nature, you want to blame people. Or you, you know, we've lost it because of this or because of that. 
and having spent a lot of time looking at it, 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 I think it was just the culmination of situations that happened. You know, the club, you know, money, money at the time being, you know, the, the league looking at how much money the, the club was spending, people within the club maybe not wanting to spend it because for different reasons. Positions probably needed filling in the academy to, to answer to the audit that weren't then that Michael Jilkson and it wasn't allowed to, allowed or, or given the remit to go and do so. People started crossing over different jobs and sharing jobs and not doing a bad job, but then the league come back, in a nutshell, if you like, the league come back, excuse me, the Premier League come back and say, well, you know, you should be having, for example, a psychologist with the under-15 team. You haven't got one. We've told you about it in the past. Why haven't you got one? Right, black mark against you. And Michael saying, well, you know, we tried to get one in, but the right type of person couldn't get in at that time. And, and all those little things that happened. And we thought we'd, for want of a better phrase, got away with it because we showed them you know, what we're going to be trying to do over this coming year now. But uh, on a time level, they weren't prepared to accept that. And they just said, well, look, their words effectively were, well, we've, we've warned you over last season, we're taking it away. But you'll come back in Category 1 if you prove to us over this year that you can, you can do that fulfill that remit if you like so I know I'm rabbiting on again but the answer to the question is yes it's important it is important to the club but it, it is a big a big thing that um, it's not as simple as a lot of people think no no I can assume I didn't think it would be at all for a second it's incredibly complex the amount of um, safeguarding and all these different yeah, situations yeah, that yeah, have yeah. Going and, right, and rightly so it has to be for the protection of the, of the, the young players we've got here but um, yeah it's and I still, generally, I haven't got a bottom. I, when I first came into the building and I realised that the, let's say the, the, I was going to say help, not help, the support that the likes of Michael Jilks needed and the other guys in the academy, academy needed. And I said to them, well, look, yes, of course, I'll give you as much as possible, but please understand at the moment we've got to try and build a squad. You know, so the, the, the time I want to give to you, you got, and they were fine. And now that's finished, we've built a squad, now I've got to try... Even now, as I'm talking to you, I've got to try and get across more and speak of, you know, where are we with things? And uh, I haven't probably done as much as I should have yet, but it's certainly on the agenda, believe me. You've got a lot going on, Mark, a lot going on. Um, on the kind of like basis of the young players, the final question here, mm -hmm. Sean Mobsey asks, I'd like to know what is in place for the youth teams to support players who don't make it. I'd love to see the club become a leader in prioritising young players' mental health. Yeah, I think I think we, we we've got people within the setup. Obviously, we've got uh, football operations managers. We've got um, aftercare. We've got player welfare, and I think I think we, without getting into too much detail, I think I think I'm I'm, I'm happy enough in my in my mind from what I you know, the stories and what I talk to people down there that the players who may be coming to the end the back end of the contest who are leaving that we've got a backup situation where phone calls are made to other other clubs and other other setups to try try and facilitate that situation with players because it is I mean it's amazing this business we're in because it's you know it's always like it revolves around being a team game you know but yes it's a team game but it's very much every man for himself mm. when you're a player you know and unfortunately the the weeks or ten, I'm going to say, and I shouldn't say like the week, but and the strong. I was going to say the weeks don't and the strong survive, but it's not just about that. It's, I mean, you. If I give you any player, you know, there's they'll come into a professional football club and 
they might have enormous amount of ability and that's got them so far to this level now but then on top of that it's the, the, for all players whether you're in the first team at Reading Football Club or you're the under let's say the under 12s at the Reading Football Club it's amazing it goes beneath the radar how much mental strength these players need you know players who are you know 13 14 years old and they want to go out with their friends but they can't or they you know they they're thinking they should be looking after themselves they've got a game or training the next night and it is a, from a very very early age it's a career mentality that and then they can abide by those things and then it just gets to a stage maybe they're 16 17 years old where the club they're at doesn't feel they they're good enough to go on and it's brutal it's a brutal business and I, I can't say anything. Words don't really make up for these, you know, these these young 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 lads, and 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 it'll be in the future. It'll be girls as well who don't make the grade. But you know, all you can say to them is, well, you know, you keep keep going and keep pushing on, and and if if you want it enough, I'm sure you can earn. The phrase I always use is, you can if you want it enough and you've got a talent, you can earn a living out of the game. Yeah, totally. There's lots of players that are being rejected, isn't there? Yeah. And have gone on to have amazing careers. I could give two examples of players who used to play for Arsenal, Steve Zubel and James Harper. Exactly. Did pretty well for us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. That has been absolutely fantastic to have a chat. and really appreciate you giving me my, my pleasure. time. You're my a pleasure. busy man. And, uh, no, but I've always got time. Listen, I think it's important. You know, you and I, before we, we started this, we had a brief conversation. And, you know, and I, I think it was sort of, I, I heard that the... You know the, the the rhetoric, if you like, before I came in about in terms of the the club, the fans wanting more information, the club maybe drifting away from the fans or whatever, maybe because there wasn't a figurehead as such. So you know that was one of the top of my agenda, if you like, coming in is a try and like sometimes I think even today fans might listen to this and, and wonder, oh well, he, mm, is he is he fudging it there or is he you know is he saying the right things? And there are things, certain things in detail you. you you want to be you got you you guarded in what you say to the fans, but I do think it's important that the fans know that that what we're trying to achieve here, maybe some of the mistakes we've made in the past, where we're trying to go, and and um, and try and give us the support, all the support that, that they can, you know, and it'll be tough when you lose three games in a row, no doubt, and you know that we're going to Bristol City now tomorrow. I don't know when this is going out, whether it's today or after the Bristol City game, but you know it's. We've all got to be. We're on a road this year, especially and the future. To number one, keep like Paul. Pauline says, keep this team in this league, and and grow and push on and and get that that phrase that I said to you earlier on. It's the key for me is to try and I would want Reading fans, if it's not immediately now, but certainly in the future. That if if a fan if somebody asks you, would you support Reading? That you can feel proud to say it's Reading because you think the, the comeback's going to be. Oh right! Oh, that's a good club, isn't it? They're a good club, Reading, aren't they? You know, and even something as simple as that, I think fans hang on that rather than maybe if they say it and wherever they talk, they say, "Oh, Reading, what the hell's going on there?" You know, yeah. just that little cliche there. You think to yourself, "Well, if we can create that in in the foreseeable future, then then we're doing okay." Yeah, totally. I'm from Reading, and I'm feeling more optimistic about the club than I have for a long time. Good. That's all I can good. ask for. Good. Thanks, Appreciate a lot, it. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.